Good morning, everyone. If you'll keep your Bibles open to Mark chapter 9. Just a brief uh, context for this passage. Uh, Mark's a fairly short gospel. It's only 16 chapters. So this is about halfway through. Um, it's only a chapter or two before Jesus is, uh, begins his, um, his final trials. Um, and right now he's uh, doing a lot of teaching. If you look at the chapters before and the chapters after, um, there are a lot of parables that are, um, that are in these chapters. Um, and it's when you come to it, a lot of healing that he's performing. In fact, even just before this passage, um, he healed uh, a young boy. But he, uh, he had been surrounded by, by crowds, by people who wanted to hear him, who wanted to hear his teaching. And day in and day out, these crowds would follow him, they would press upon him, they would be with him, uh, constantly wanting to hear more, hear more, hear more of what he had to say. And yet he found <clears throat> a need to, to take some time uh, and to be alone with his disciples. And so, in fact, it says here, as they were passing through Galilee, um, they didn't want any, he didn't want anyone to know about it. He wanted some quiet time with the disciples where they could just sit and have some private teaching. This teaching that he would give to them uh, was the simple fact that he would be betrayed, that he would be killed, and then three days later he would rise again. And yet we see, looking back, how easy and simple those words are to understand. Um, and yet we read that they did not understand it, and they were afraid to ask. What I'd like to do is focus... Um, for a few minutes on a very simple model, um, what I call SRV, or serve for life. Um, it's in the, in the bulletin, uh, and it's simple, three simple ideas that Christ modeled for us, uh, and I think that we can learn from uh, how to live our own life. Uh, SRV, serve for, for life, uh, serve uh, as a Christian following after Christ. Um, the S of that SRV is, uh, the simple idea that we just commemorated a, a few minutes ago of sacrifice, of Christ's sacrifice for us. What I'd like to do is boil down a, a, a little bit the idea of what sacrifice really is. We hear that word kind of bantied about a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of people sacrifice this or sacrifice that, and, and is it really a, a real sacrifice, right? So let's distill a little bit what sacrifice really means. What is a sacrifice? Right? When somebody makes a sacrifice. Um, and, and I think the sacrifice, the definition for sacrifice would simply be a loss of something that is valuable for a reason or a purpose with a desired result. That's a loss for something of something valuable for a reason or a purpose with a desired result. So let's, let's take those four pieces um, of a, a loss, something valuable for, with a reason, uh, with a desired result, and take those away and see what a sacrifice looks like without one of those four pieces. So if you have a sacrifice that, that doesn't involve any loss, it's not really a sacrifice, right? I mean, you can't have a sacrifice without losing something. Well, let's say you have a sacrifice, but it's you're giving something that's not really valuable, right? You may be giving it with a reason or for, for a particular purpose, but it's not something that's particularly near and dear to our hearts. Is that really a sacrifice? Is that really sacrifice? I call that more of a, a donation, right? You give, you give people things that you no longer want. These donation uh, bins that take used clothes that you no longer want. Um, these, are, these are donations, something that's no longer valuable to us, 
uh, something that doesn't um, really mean something to us. And let's say we, we make a sacrifice, but it doesn't have any purpose. It doesn't have any reason. Is that really a sacrifice? A sacrifice without a purpose is really just a loss, right? So you're really just losing something. Um, and in fact, if we see a sacrifice that, that doesn't have the intended result, what is a sacrifice that, that doesn't have its intended result? Well, that would be a sacrifice made in vain, right? Something that, that really didn't turn out the way that you expected. Let's look at some of, some of these examples as we go through. Um, what was Jesus talking about in chapter 9 uh, of Mark? Um, when he was teaching his disciples, he said, the Son of Man, which was a phrase uh, that he took from the book of Daniel, uh, referring to himself. The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and when he has been killed, he will rise three days later. So we see that the, the murder of Christ was foretold by him, was prophesied by him, as it had been by others. And in fact, that the prophecy that he would be killed um, was the, the gift of his life for us, was the sacrifice of his life for us. It was valuable, of course, not only to him, uh, of course, but also to his father. Uh, and yet his father uh, willed that he would sacrifice his life for us. It was something valuable, something dear, uh, near that the father was willing to give up. So let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. So we see here at the beginning of chapter 3 that uh, Paul had written to the, the church at Thessalonica. And he was uh, remembering when he had sent Timothy. In verse 5, uh, starting at verse 4. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor would be in vain. That, that in vain there is the key. Paul had sacrificed his time, had worked effortlessly, tirelessly, for helping the, the Thessalonians, for recognizing the, the purpose that Christ had died for them, that they would understand and they would respond to it. And yet his fear was that they had fallen away, that they were no longer faithful to the God that he served, and that his labors would be in vain. So we see that in, in chapter uh, 3 of 1 Thessalonians that Paul himself was even worried that his sacrifices might be in vain. And looking back, the, the in vain is a sacrifice that's done without the expected result, without the anticipated result. And so his sacrifice for them, for the Thessalonians, um, was, in fact, he was worried that it would be something given in vain. What are some other examples of, of sacrifice that we see um, in our scriptures. What is the purpose that, that Paul would dedicate his life to spreading the word? Um, after on the road to Damascus, he was converted and realized the error of his ways, and he changed. He began to follow the one true God and Christ his son. What was his example for us? What did he live and how did he live? And he lived a life of sacrifice, a life that he was dedicated to others. And in fact, that is the life that we see here in his letter to the Thessalonians. As in many of his letters, he tries to encourage those that he had taught. But when we look at the passage, we look and see, in fact, the, the dedication that Paul had to those that he had taught, his brothers and sisters in the faith. 
Was it in vain? Was it, in fact, time spent on something that did not result in what he expected? We'll never know for sure, but think about your brothers and sisters in Christ and the, the effort and the time and the, the, the love that we share for one another. Is that in vain? Are we seeing the result from one another that we would expect to see there? Our dedication to one another should be in the hope of the result as Christ has sacrificed for us. So the sacrifice that Christ has given is the model for us. Paul emulated that sacrifice in him giving his own life to teaching others and to bringing them to a realization of the truth. What is the R in SRV? Sacrifice is the first part. We realize what's valuable to us. We're willing to give it up. It's, it's something that has a purpose and an expected result. The expected result is that our brothers and sisters would follow Christ in his teachings. Our purpose is to encourage them, to uplift them, to bring them to the truth and the one true way. But what is the, the R in, in the SRV model? We make the sacrifice, but we make the sacrifice looking toward redemption or reconciliation. And in fact, this could be a whole series of lessons. Um, but Christ died that we can be reunited with him, that we can realize again the, the one true life that he has promised. And that reconciliation is why Christ came to us, to earth, to die for us. Let's turn over to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Just a couple of books over. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Why did Christ come? Why did he come to this earth and why did he sacrifice his life for us? For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. So we see, in fact, the, the purpose that the grace of God appeared. Who was the grace of God? What was the grace of God? And in fact, that's the salvation that comes through his son. And the sacrifice that he made, in fact, um, in verse 14, it says, he gave himself to redeem us from every lawless deed. The sacrifice that we're called to make emulates the sacrifice that Christ made and setting apart his own will and his own desires to follow his Father's will. And our call is to make the same sacrifice. And as we are called to make that same sacrifice, it's for the redemption that he has given to us, that he has made available to us through his blood. And that's the result of the sacrifice that Christ has made. That's the intended result, the desired result. When we redeem ourselves, when we are redeemed by the blood that Christ has shed for us, what is the result of that? We've made the sacrifice. We've put aside our own wants, our own lives, just as Christ did for his own life. We've been redeemed by his blood. What is the outcome that we're looking toward? And that's the ultimate victory. The V and the SRV model is victory. And what is the victory? Is it a victory here and now? No, absolutely. We're not promised any victories on this earth but we're promised the ultimate victory in the life and the hereafter. 
the one victory where everybody will look back and say, oh, I wish I had done something different. I wish I had, had been more faithful. I wish I had been more self- sacrificing of my own wants and needs, more selfless in my actions. Looking back, and that's the victory that we look forward to, is when we can look back and say, we followed Christ. We put him first in all that we said and all that we did. But let's look over in, in Romans chapter 8 and, and look at what the victory we have to look forward to. Toward the end of the chapter in verses 32 through 34. What is the victory, the ultimate victory that Christ's sacrifice and redemption will bring? He, speaking of Christ, did not, sorry, speaking of God, did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and who intercedes for us. So we see that Christ himself, even the sacrifice that appears to be a loss, appears to be something without purpose or without result, we see is quite the opposite. Christ died with a purpose. He died with the intended result of being raised again. And that raising to his Father's right hand is what gives us hope of life eternal. And it's that ultimate victory that proves that that sacrifice was meaningful and was valid. It wasn't in vain, as Paul worried about with the Thessalonians. It wasn't something that was a waste of Christ's time. Christ has made that opportunity available to us. He has made that sacrifice, and it can have its intended result of ultimate victory. And if we turn over to Philippians Chapter 2, in verses 14 through 18. We see ultimately that the victory that we have is, is life eternal. But, and this is important to remember here, our life here and now is blessed by the promise that we have. And that blessing that we have through his sacrifice Um, is something that we need to recognize and to realize here while we're living. Maybe difficult times that come and go. Uh, There may be blessings that come and go. There may be lean years. Um, But remember that the sacrifice that Christ made for us is a promise that we can count on, not only in the hereafter, but it brings us true joy in the here and now. So let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I did not run in vain, nor toil in vain. But even if I am poured out, as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. How can it be that we're rejoicing, that we have joy in being poured out as a drink offering 
upon somebody's sacrifice, about somebody else's service of the faith. How can that possibly be something that's joyful? And ultimately, the reason it's joyful is because of the long vision that we have, of the result and the ultimate victory that we have is guaranteed that the Lord has promised to give us. And that ultimate victory that we have to look forward to is the reason for the joy. The result of Paul's sufferings and of Paul's afflictions is for the edification and the training and for teaching that we can understand the, the promise that Christ has given to us. That is the ultimate recognition of that joy and that promise that he has. So the joy isn't in suffering. The joy is in suffering for Christ. The joy isn't in sacrifice or loss. The joy is in sacrifice or loss for the ultimate victory, for the gain that Christ has given to us through his death. That ultimate joy we have to look forward to is the promise that we've been given. So this is a simple model that we have to look for for how we are to live our lives. We're to live our lives as one of sacrifice, to put aside our own wants, our own wishes, and to make primary God's will, to make God's will what fills our days, what comes out of our mouths, and what drives our steps. What we are doing, what we are saying, should all be driven by what God would have us to do above our own wants and wishes. We ultimately look forward to that redemption that Christ's blood washes away our sins and reconciles us with the Father. We had been separated by sin and no longer, once our sins are washed, we are now clean and can come back to the Father. And we look forward to that ultimate victory in the hereafter. But here and now, we can rejoice in that salvation that Christ has given to us, that promise that we have. Now, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, if you haven't recognized that re- redemption that Christ has given, the washing away of your sins through his blood, as symbolized by baptism, this is an opportunity to put on Christ in baptism, to recognize the sacrifice that he has made for each one of us in your own life, and to have him wash away your sins like no one else can. You've heard the word, you've recognized the call that Jesus has made, and the change that's needed in your own life in order to follow him. If you believe that he is the Son of God, that he is the only begotten who died for us, if you're willing to turn away from your life, if you're willing to put away the life as we read before, the life that was in the hereafter was before us, but we've responded and we've changed our ways. If you're willing to confess him before men, and he will confess you before men in the end. If you're willing to put him on in baptism, to wash away your sins, symbolizing the cleansing that Christ's blood um, can provide to your life. And if you're willing to live a faithful life, if you're willing to put his will first, then that is the sacrifice that we're called to make. If you're not willing to make sacrifices as Christians, then you're not answering the call that Christ has made. Because Christ's call is clear when it says that you are to put aside your own life and to follow me. Take up your cross and follow Christ. Sacrifice your life that you can be a faithful child of God. Won't you make that decision now as together we stand and sing.